Steve, we uh we made it through the bye week. Did you have a good bye week? I had a good bye week. I had a good bye week. I missed the football, but I had a good bye week. It's, it was it was nice not to have to think about football in any shape or fashion on Saturday. Yeah, because there were no games that I think that I missed. There was I mean, nothing was interesting. No, it was a very blah football schedule. Um, anyways, hi Steve. This is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Steve, that's your name. All right, Steve, we've got a great show tonight that I texted you about at 4.11 p.m. Uh, we're going to talk about the Sean Clifford situation. Then we're going to talk about Illinois and homecoming. You asked a good question of me, and I, I, I'm going to have to really think about this question. Um, I still don't have an answer for it, so we'll hit on that. Uh, and then also, the do game, you, you want to talk, talk about announcers, and, and do game announcers matter? We'll let you tee that one up. Uh, and then I have a good old guy, young guy related to mechanics uh, this week. I'm excited to get your thoughts on it because I th- th- this is my new favorite thing. So, mm-hmm. all right, uh, let me pull up a timer here, Steve. So we need to know how long we're talking for. Um, or actually a stopwatch, not a timer. Um, in the meantime, Steve, uh, he, so let's let's just dive right in. Your, your thoughts on, on karma. And do you think karma exists? I think the people in Iowa think it exists. That's, that's where clear. we're going. That's clear. What I think too. I'm not normally one to be like in your face, but I, I kind of sort of feel like in your face on that one. Um, yeah, just because they had so many chances to to not be idiot. Forget the fans. I, I think Co- Coach Ferentz had a chance to, to, to be an elder statesman, to be – bigger than to be whatever and just didn't take the chance. And we talked about that. And I, I think, you know, I think they lost a little bit of focus, right? That wasn't one and all, one and all, one of the next one, as much as we kind of, you know, some people poo poo that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, all right. Moving on to the real discussion this week. So <clears throat> I want to discuss this and, and I kind of think the Sean Clifford situation is a case study for Penn state media. Um, so to speak, in terms of, of the points that I'm about to try to make. So bear with me here. So in case you, you know, haven't been living under a rock or, or have been living under a rock, I guess, um, Sean Clifford was at practice this week, was spotted in football uniform attire <clears throat> at practice, was throwing footballs, uh, according to James Franklin, was splitting reps. And on Wednesday evening when, when the media – was allowed to go to practice that was not his first time throwing the football in in such capacity this week um which was kind of contradictory actually i don't know if it's contradictory just wasn't the uh, direct truth on on franklin's part and that's not a criticism of what he said on tuesday because he said that that uh, christian veyu and taekwon roberson would split reps and he just admitted omitted the fact that Sean Clifford was also going to split reps. Um, I have, uh, this is not a flex by any mean, but like there are connections and, and, and so to speak. And 
there were rumblings that Sean Clifford, like I had found out a little bit earlier that Sean Clifford was at practice and participating in practice, not to what level maybe the media was able to find out before the media found out that Sean Clifford was participating in practice. And it kind of struck a chord conversation. I don't know, whatever in me that I think is very fascinating because uh, I, I feel like, and this is just, maybe my perspective on it and um, bias and recency bias, so to speak. I feel like with Penn state media, it's so sheltered off. It is so non upsetting the apple cart in terms of um, breaking that one story to kind of not necessarily ruin the source, but potentially expose the source I, I kind of feel like Penn State media, like really, unfortunately, a lot of the times is, I don't want to say state run, but it's state controlled, if that makes sense. Really, the only information you get from Penn State football, especially Penn State football, and largely Penn State athletics, is what you get from the opportunities that you get there. That what I'm trying to say is like, there's no inside stores source for this information. And I, I just think that that's very interesting given my mind goes back to that OU article we talked about. Um, some of the stuff that has come out of Ohio State, Clemson, hell, even the, the Ed Ogeron stuff with the girlfriends, alleged girlfriends at, at practice and things like that. I, I find very fascinating. Um, so I guess let, let's pause there and let me ask you this, Steve. Do you agree with my take that Penn state media football media, at least is, is state controlled. I think that's the perfect word, right? Because it's controlled by Penn state. Right. Um, yeah. Had, had not last week been the off week that, that didn't stop giving in terms of, of stories. I really wanted to look at what stories came out. You know, had Iowa not continued, had a couple coach, had the coaching thing pop, not popped out up at LSU, had the injury not been been there for Clifford. You know, again, I know those are all ifs, but had that not been happened, it would have been interesting to see what, if anything, came out of the beat last week. And my guess, my experience has been that it would have been not all that much and not all that interesting, right? Because they just the, the the media that covers Penn State because of the way they are treated and, and that they are afraid of losing access, I think. Because I think there's talent. I mean, I think there's a lot of talent on that beat. Doesn't break stuff, doesn't go off script, doesn't do things unless it's given given to them, unless there's a news conference and here it is for the, for 98% of the time. Um, and I think that's a win for Penn State um, because they know what's going to happen. Um, and you hear it in the questions. You hear it in the questions that aren't asked. I think the most the, the interesting, the intriguing thing about that to me is the questions that everybody knows. Nobody in this speech changed except for the collegian kids this year or last year. And the interesting thing to me is how Franklin always answers the questions. He knows that he's not going to give them anything, and they know he knows he's not going to give them anything. But he still issues that disclaimer when he answers the question. Just right. answer the question and don't give them anything. Just play the game. Don't don't tell them you're you're playing the game with them because I think that's kind of demeaning. Um, but yeah, there's no. And I, I, it would be hard if you were there. I appreciate it. If I were covering them, it would be hard to do that stuff. And as soon as you did one thing wrong, you'd be screwed for access. Um, 
but yeah, I think you're, I, I know you're right. I've never, I didn't cover the football team. I maybe went to, to one, maybe two football events in a media capacity uh, just because of my ties with Nittanyville and I felt weird about it. Um, but I understand, like I, I do understand, and this isn't a call out on anybody of, of it that works in the Penn State media. I understand why, because you, you kind of sort of are put the, not the fear of God, but the fear of, just don't want to lose lose some basic stuff here to, that helps me get my job done. Um, that and that's not to say like I I know for a fact that there are people that have inside sources. You know I, I think Audrey has inside story, sources. Speaking of other Snyder's, Ryan Snyder has has inside sources. I think Greg Pickle has even developed them, and and, and Sean Fitz certainly, and, and and you know even Ben Jones. I you'll see. The thing that has been fascinating to me about James Franklin coming to town, and I know this is weird to say now when you're, what, six, seven, is the fact that you don't even get the, like, profile story. One of the stories that kind of sticks out of my mind um, from my days at the Collegian was, I think it was Anna Orso or Stephen Pianovich, wrote a story about Akil Lynch and, and, and everything that Akil Lynch went through. And, and I'm Akil Lynch was my favorite Penn State football player while I was at Penn State. It's not anybody that's listening to this podcast doesn't already know that. But it, just talking about that, and I feel like you don't even get those stories anymore. You don't get the in-depth feature stories on a Danny Pascarella or a, um, you know, I, I think Jordan Stout would be a great example of a feature story this year. Sean Clifford maybe is is too high profile, but someone like Jahan Dotson and, and, and what, you know, his family's kind of going through right now with, with I think it's his, his mom or his grandmother. Um, it, I think it's just very interesting to me how James Franklin has kind of buttoned that up. And I think the last two weeks between the coaching stuff and the Sean Clifford thing, it's kind of sort of been a, good synopsis of that like I, I i think that it's just very interesting to me how controlled it is and i don't and this isn't me saying like i want more or i want less even it's just me kind of sort of pointing it out for a lack of better term um because i don't think i think i was having this discussion today i was i think for the most part the average, the true average Penn State fan, and I think Steve and I are both probably not to toot our own horns, but above average in terms of how much we care. The average Penn State football fan only cares about the third three hours that happen on a Saturday afternoon, and that's it. Someone like you and I, Steve, like we care about the ins and outs. And so it's it's frustrating when you want more of that, especially with the Sean Clifford situation. You want more of that from a coaching you know is he staying is he going kind of perspective but i i don't know if the average fan cares like i think maybe they just are just happy and content um before you and i started talking on the podcast we, we were talking about the fact that there's a lot of people that listen to the radio show there's a lot of people that tune into the not a lot but there's like 500 people that concurrently will stream the the live stream of the press conference on a Tuesday afternoon at lunchtime. 
you know, granted that's 0.5% of Beaver stadium. And then, you know, you amplify that by all the people that are watching at home. I don't know. I just, I, it's very fascinating to me. And I, I just wanted to kind of call that out and then, you know, get your thoughts on that. I'll shut up. It's an, it's an access issue, first of all, right? Because in terms right. of control, you're right. They control who gets who gets what, right? And those profiles aren't going to happen. Um, and, and, and Coach Franklin talked about it twice this week. I think he talked about it during his news conference Monday and talked about it uh, Thursday evening during his coach's show about how they, did a, they do a scrimmage on Sundays. And this week they did media because it was an off week. They brought the players in and did interviews after the game with the players who played and what was going on. And, and you know, they'll, and he said, Thursday night during his coach's show, you know, we'll show some of the best of that on social media that these kids did something or whatever else. He said, of course, we're not going to show the bad stuff and then we'll coach him up on that. So again, it's a piece of, it's a piece of the program and how they control it. And, and that's fine. I think my challenges with it are, and I understand the downside as, as a media member uh, of trying to go against the grain or find something different, but maybe because they're trained, they're just not there. And this example is, oh God, it's really old. But I was doing some freelance stuff when Anthony Morelli was the quarterback. And this was pre-Zoom, and they would do group phone calls, right? So, and that's the other thing. Everybody's getting the same thing. So it's kind of hard to zig or zag anyway. But Anthony Morelli's on the call doing the stuff, and you hear – and I'm doing a story for Penn State Athletics about Anthony Morelli, actually. That's who I was writing for, so I definitely can't zig or zag. But you hear a doorbell ring, and he's like, excuse me, I got I to gotta go for a second. And he goes, and he comes back, and he said, sorry, I was waiting to get a new computer – I had to get my computer, you know, it finally arrived, I've been waiting. And he inter the questions were interrupted and then the next person just came up and asked the question, nobody asked about the computer. Nobody asked what happened. Nobody asked what kind he got. Nobody asked what, which would have just been a little bit of color, a little bit of detail, but everybody was so hard on their script. And I understand why they're on their script because they're only gonna get one question in this call, right? right. And nobody's gonna think bigger than themselves. It's like if in a news conference, if somebody says, ask the question and, and they start to peel back the onion a little bit and, and coach doesn't answer it fully, uh, but doesn't shut it down. The next person rarely does a follow-up to have that person's back yeah. to, to do it. They're there on their own. They're, they're, they're however many independent contractors all work at the same time. And there's not, there's a core there and they like each other and a core in terms of knowing each other and, 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 and a group feeling as one, but they don't often or rarely fight as one for themselves or their or their their audiences, it doesn't feel like, and and I, I again I, I understand why, but at the same time, every once in a while, it'd just be neat to get a little something different, or to you know what are they doing? They're not going to kick them out of the press room if they ask a tough question. So that's I guess the part I don't understand. Yeah, I, I think about like I was thinking about that the other day that the the one the one off question, and I think that is one of the unfortunate things that is kind of lost in the James Franklin press conference experiences. And, th and that's not even just the James Franklin, that's the Bill O'Brien and even the Joe Paterno press conference experience. It's a one, you get one question. I think about, you know, my press conferences with Guy Gadowski, or I think about some of the press conferences that, um, you know, I've listened to with Pat Chambers or, you know, I guess even now Micah Shrewsbury, you think about like, like, when you're in that situation, you you might walk in with two to three questions because you know that the press core that's there is very small. There's obviously a lot more attention on the football team, so you, you might only get that one question. But a lot of the times if my dear friend Ben Jones would, would ask a question and then, you know, 
I might follow up on that question if Ben doesn't follow up on that with a guy with someone like Guy Gadowski. You don't get that opportunity. I feel like a lot of the times you see Franklin get like not snooty, but what frustrated, I guess, is the best word when he's kind of sort of already answered a question and it's like six questions after that, that previous question, um, something comes up again. So I do think the Penn state media does a nice job of that. Um, I just, I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot this week. And I, I think the other thing that I've been thinking about a lot this week is you'll look at some of these schools and the message boards and the, the crap that is is thrown out there. And I actually think the Penn state message boards, I don't subscribe, but I have a lot of friends that will send me any pertinent updates to the message boards um, or from the message boards. I I don't know. I, I, I feel like they're not as, as wild and crazy. And I think you're a lot of times getting the right information, but it's interesting because like, there's almost this like silent, code or whatever that that information doesn't end up on twitter and that i think that is kind of sort of the everybody's main source for penn state football information is twitter um and that's very fascinating to me i was even reading a reddit thread regarding the the lavar errington thing and like somebody brought up something that was was brought up on a message board about james franklin and the lsu situation and i guess i'm kind of even doing it right now where like like Basically, long story short, there are rumors that were going around about LSU, and, and apparently there's supposedly some sort of big announcement going to be made in the, the winter after the football season is over to kind of qualm all of the, the Franklin potentially leaving stuff, and that's been pseudo-resolved. But, like, even that information is very safeguarded on the message boards, and I think that's very fascinating to me. Um just how there's like that level of respect. I wouldn't, I, I don't think that the message boards are the best source, but a lot of the times when they're right, they're right. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think, I think if, if any of the, the beat reporters were listening to this discussion, they'd probably be kicking and screaming and saying, we've got sources. We do this. I mean, I mean <laughs> Nate Bauer, Mark Brennan, I think all those people have connections and some of them are, are directly with the staff the current staff and some of them have proven over years around support staff and whatever else. So I do think they have in general, a, a good pulse of what's going on, but I don't think they are always as concerned about serving the reader in the moment as they are about protecting the long-term relationship and serving the reader over a period of time. That's a great way to look at it. Point blank. I know for a fact that, all of those people, any person that you read that has been on the Penn State beat for more than five years, I guarantee you knows more than the average Joe, so to speak. And that's but why you just don't want to burn that bridge. And that's why I couldn't do it that long. Like I wasn't good at, at waiting stuff out and, and, and playing playing the long con. And I don't I don't mean that in a derisive man derisive right. manner. Um I mean, if I knew something, I figured the readers probably wanted wanted to know. So I was trying to get it out there as quick as possible. And um, so, no, I think it's an, an informed beat. It's just not it doesn't it doesn't feel on a day to day basis like an aggressive beat. 
um, <laughs> and like a, an ultra competitive. It's a good way to look at it. Um, I, I don't think I don't doubt that they're knowledgeable and have connections, but there's just a different feel about how they go about the or how how the information that's put out is, is put out there. I think that's a that's a perfect way to look at it. Um, I have to I have to ask, and we'll, we'll parlay this into our next topic. Do you think Sean Clifford plays this weekend? No, no. I, I think as much as anything else, it's the, the reps are a give Illinois something to think about kind of thing. Could the kid play? Whatever else. I mean, I certainly, I, I, I guess that's maybe more hope than think. I, I mean, I think they should probably be able to beat Illinois without Sean Clifford. And if you're working about worried about the long stuff, maybe he's your backup, an emergency quarterback, and you're just keeping him sort of warm. But I would probably prefer him not to get hit until he has to at Ohio State if he's healthy enough. Yeah, I think that's kind of about where I'm at with it. I, I've debated between that and the, like, get up two score, scores and then get out of there type thing, or even two touchdowns and a field goal and then get out of there type thing. But in long term, he, there's still a risk that he's going to get hurt. Um, I do think it's a positive sign that he was throwing. I do think it was a positive sign that he was practicing. I just – I. I hope that I'm not kicking myself in the butt for saying this, but there are bigger issues at Penn State if they can't beat Penn, if they can't beat Illinois with a backup quarterback right now. Like the point blank, like the coaching staff is not doing a great job. That like that's a no, that's the, the yeah. I think that's the fan, the heavy fan of me believes that, but I think the logical person in me believes that too. You know, yeah. I just. They should be better top to bottom on the, on the, on the, on the all 22 depth chart, you know, go win the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, so, all right, let's, let's discuss this weekend's game. Um, again, it's a noon game. Uh, how excited are you on a scale of one to 10, Steve? Always happy for a noon game. Um, Illinois, not that excited because they should probably win the game. Um, and hopefully they don't need to dominate. They just need to be controlling, right? They just need to like not have anything stupid happen. Um, it'll be a cool football Saturday, a, a fall football Saturday. Um, you know, the weather's going to be cooler. It's going to feel like football. So I'm excited about that piece of it. Um, Here's my yeah, main question going into Saturday. Sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Have the leaves in State College changed yet? Because it doesn't, it, it, they haven't changed here in Frederick. Not yet. No, uh-uh. they're still okay. hanging on. Some, that's, some are that's a little bit of a problem to me. I, I feel like we are at the point of October 21st as we record this podcast. Tomorrow will be October 22nd. Game is on October 23rd. And yet no leaves have changed and it's going to be 50 degrees. I don't know. It's just like, a, like I was like, a lot of people were like, what the hell are you talking about? Why are you excited that it's going to be 50? I, I kind of selfishly sick of, of 70 degree weather oh and, and at 57 for me that's still shorts weather shorts into the stadium but yeah it's it's we don't have fall yet because it's not been cold enough yet so we'll see um let's discuss an important aspect of saturday's game the fact that the penn state football team will be wearing their generations of greatness uniforms i don't think we've ever discussed this on this podcast what are your thoughts about it they're okay. They're okay, he says. Well, wow. and I, and I, that was. I well, wish you could see his of, face. Like he really like. A, mm, be okay. It is. It is. 
it's like a like a song where they're taking all the parts to, and put together an old car, that old Johnny Cash song where they're taking all the, <laughs> and that's really old, right? They're taking all parts from different cars and putting them together because these were never, this was never a uniform, right? Right. This is a tip of the hat to this and a nod and a thank you to that. So I guess that's my only thing. Like I like the, I like how they look. It's just, it's not like you're throwing back to a thing and thing or doing anything. You're taking all the stuff that you had and somehow trying to incorporate it into one. So it, you it's... like them though. Here's what here's what my take on your reaction to that was. It was like somebody served you very average ice cream that was like very average chocolate ice cream, and you were just like, "Yeah, it's all right. Like it's ice cream. Like yeah, yeah. so you like them? I do. I really do. Like I, I think, I think like, I don't know. I I go back and forth on the like whole." not having names on the back and, and, and just everything that is involved with, with this uniform and, and, and stuff like that. And I'm a big Penn state football history guy. So I, I appreciate that. I do think that it's time to be aggressive and try something truly different in a whiteout game. Like, I think that's the only time you're going to get kind of get that opportunity. And, uh, you know, I think that would be nice to see, even if it was just a chrome white helmet, like, uh, I think that would be cool. Um, are we getting to the point where we're kind of like, all right, we need to do something different with these uniforms? Yes, maybe. And is it necessarily the uniforms? No. Here's my, my big take. You know, like, I'm sure, I don't know what the end zones will look like. I'm sure there will be leaked out on Twitter um, by someone. Um, but usually they do the like checkerboard, not even checkerboard, like the diamond end zones. Um, my take is that they need to go back to the old, I've heard people call it like the tennis ball font where it's the, it was the one word Penn state that like the early 2000, like very early 2000s, 90s end zone to me, like that would be a cool step up. Like that would be a cool way to kind of sort of do all of this um i don't know i think that would be that would be kind of a nice touch um in the process i i do hope that they continue to do something funky and different with the scoreboards which they've done over the last few seasons um so that's a nice touch to add um uh, i think still the best moment though related to these uniforms has nothing to do with what saquon barkley did in them it's nothing to do with what trace mcsorley did it did in them it has everything to do with the fact that someone paid a person that dressed up like Neil Diamond a sum of money to come out and sing Sweet Caroline at a Penn State football game. Because I, I truly, it, it came up like, what's the best moment you saw at a sporting event? Truly think I have nothing more memorable than that at a Penn State football game was, was the, fake Neil Diamond. The Neil Diamond impersonator. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a big moment. It was a big moment. I, I don't know that I'd hold, hold my breath for the end zones, like for, for the font you want. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I mean, because that came about, they got rid of that, right, with, in, with Guido and, and some other stuff and, and, and coming with this solid strength Penn State, simple, strong Penn State font was where, mm-hmm. they, were, where they were going with that when they changed that to their, to that what it was or has been. Um, and, I'm, I, and I'm ready. I was afraid you were going to go further. Like I would rather do the generations of greatness and tip of the hat than – something really crazy 
Now I'd be in for all white on a white out. Like you talked about that before. I'd be in for that. Um, but What's there's no way. Line? What's the line for you? I think that's probably oh, really <laughs> like, I, I don't need the chipmunk on the helmets. I don't need some crazy... that does nothing for me. That right. doesn't do anything interesting for me. Right. Like I just, I think anything would be so far afield from the brand because they've protected it so well and, and been consistent with it, that it would just seem weird, but you know, I'll wait for the, a whiteout would be neat. Right. Like you just, but I don't know how you make that a surprise. It's not like Notre Dame coming out with a different color uniform at home because of the home <laughs> team. You'd kind of know at some point, um, I think there's potential, and I, and I don't dislike the generations. Great, and it's, and it's different, right? And you always know what game that was when you see the pictures for the year. Mm-hmm. So that's helpful. Um, it's just, it's just to me, that's all the all the things at once are like not what it was. But that's nitpicky. So you know, I, I, they're they're more than nice. It's it's better chocolate ice cream than that. Uh, let's discuss it real quickly. Would you be upset if they came out in pink and black uniforms for homecoming? No, I wouldn't. I don't homecoming, know that I'd. You- Okay I don't know that I, I don't think I dislike it. Like I would, right. They'd be, you'd be black. Cause you're the home team with like some kind of pink number probably. Right. Um, be loud. It would be, it would be aggressive, but for homecoming, I, I I'd be okay with that. Okay. I'm sure some, you know, the folks from York, I forget their names would have a coronary, um, but, but I'd be good. Rob and Mary Jean. Rob and Mary Jean. Yeah. Mary Jean would probably have a heart attack first. Yeah, I, I have no problem with it. I think I think the basketball team has completely overdone it. Uh, I hope that, that kind of sort of changes with, with Micah Shrew, Shrewsbury. But that being said, um, I, I think it's, it's pretty cool. All right. Uh, you ask a great question, and, and I'll, I, I want to hear your answer first because I don't know if I have a direct answer. I think maybe my answer is kind of sort of obvious. Um, but what is uh, what is your best homecoming memory or your favorite homecoming memory that was your question sugar i sometimes ask those questions you ask the questions Steve. you've got to come prepared i'm hoping you'll have an answer um we walked our afio service attorney walked in the homecoming parade i think that was the only time i was in the parade so that was pretty cool so that was probably junior year that was pretty neat to walk in the parade so i'll go with that okay not a football memory but that's that's the homecoming memory uh, I, I, my memory is, is a collection of memories, which is the, the Michigan four overtime weekend, which was a whiteout game, which was also the homecoming game, which was also wrapped in the opening night of Pagula. Like that was a, like, I think that was one of the most important Penn state sports weekends ever was you had the opening of Pagula, you had the, the football game, really a, very big football win at that time, um, opening this new chapter of Penn State hockey and, and kind of really Penn State athletics. Um, I'll never forget that that game, you know, till till the day I die. That both of those games, really, that that hockey game and that football game. I, even the the week leading up to that game was was fun because the government had shut down. So all essential travel was not allowed. So there was a chance that army wasn't going to come to play, um, play in that game. And that was just a fun time to be uh, on campus. And people were very energized and I'll never forget like leaving. Well, I'll I'll never forget the first school at, at Pagula and thinking, Holy shit, this is really loud. Like Beaver stadium, it's gotten very uncomfortably loud, but yeah, that was, that was a very cool moment. 
of, of seeing just how loud Pagula could get. Um, and then, of course, that Michigan game, and they could still see the Allen Robinson catch clear as day. That's strong. That's a strong answer. See, look at that. Good yeah. job. See? All right. You ready to move on? Yes, sir. Okay. Actually, you know what? I'm going to let you tee this up. Go ahead. Is this the announcer's one? Yeah. So I was curious if knowing who's calling the game on TV and for games you're not in the stands for, or maybe if you record them, but, but does it matter to you? Does it affect your, your, your enjoyment or your prep, you know, you're preparing to hear it, right? If you know, it's not, it's going to be somebody besides whoever you think you like, how much does it affect if at all your experience? So, uh, I want to approach this from not just the football aspect, because I do think it does make a difference. Um, From the football perspective, I think that there is a general consensus awareness that you, if you know that you have um, Chris and Kirk, you have Sean and Todd. And if you have Gus and, Who's the guy with Gus? Gus? Um, Joel. Joel. That you know you have a big football game on your hands. Like, like I, I think you'd know that. That does get me a little bit excited. Like, it really does. Um, does it make me care a lot more or less? Not really, because I'm chances are I'm probably at that football game. Um, but are there certain announcers that maybe make me change the way I consume a game. Yeah. If, if Gus Johnson is probably doing a, an NFL game, I'm probably switching to the CBS feed. Cause I don't know if I love Gus that much to watch him do an NFL game. Um, Pierre Maguire is no longer on NBC because NBC no longer has the rights. I hated watching his, any game that he was doing. It, it just was annoying um, and uncomfortable you know, there's a couple of other announcers. Matt Millen, I don't, I, I, I know he's a Penn Stater. I know he's very important, all of that jazz. But sometimes Matt Millen just says stuff that I'm just. Oh, like, I was gonna stay away from him and ask. I'm looking now at, at road games, but you would have been at these games, like because you were at Nebraska last year, right? No, well, not last year, but oh, not last year, right? right. So last year at Nebraska, so I'm looking for like road game crews. Because home games in theory, well, all after. But Brian Custer and Robert Smith had the game at Nebraska on Fox Sports One last year. Like I could have turned the volume down and, and gained just as much. I mean, that's the, I guess that's for me, unless yeah. it's the A team for places or the the A the number two with a really close team. The rest of it's just noise. Are you are you a turn Stephen Stephen Jack type guy on if it's a Crew, I so my mom will turn Steve and Jack on two reasons. Either she's getting annoyed by just like the announcer's voice, or she's getting annoyed by what the announcers are saying. Do you turn I, them on? Just I'm gonna turn Steve and Jack on post game as soon as I can to hear the interviews and whatever else and hear their context because I can use it for a column and know what's going on. I can turn my belief is I can turn Steve and Jack on if I wasn't watching the game and know in 30 seconds what Penn State's doing just because of the tone of their voice and the mm-hmm. tenor of their approach. So that's helpful. Um, the I scary think Jack thing- does a nice job of that too. Like he's never, ne- not negative. He's never like, like 
overtly cheery pessimist, but like you can tell when when he's frustrated and, and the games aren't going right. Yeah, and I think I want that from from the, the the home team announcers, right? I know who they're paid by, I know what they're doing. I think my frustration a little bit with Steve, and it fits into the, the conversation about the beat, and it fits into the conversation way back in into this earlier in the podcast about LSU and Ogeron. Um, Steve on his talk show this week in State College made mention of, you know, Ogeron's other things. Like, you know, he talked about his divorce afterward and, and there's been rumors in town about whatever. He would never, nor should he, I guess, but he would never intimate that about anyone related to Penn State. <clears throat> but he feels comfortable doing it with other people. And to me, that that feels like a double standard. Like, I, I just, like, if you, because you're not working for me, the listener, you're working for Penn State, even though you're in a role that's not working for the university at the time. So, but I know he knows, I know he's in around practice. I just feel, I don't know the full filter of stuff through which he's sending things before it gets to me. So he's probably not my first listen, but yeah, like if the options are, again, you know, some of the like Mark Followell or Dave Fleming's not bad. I'm trying to look who's like, who's had some of these recently, Aaron Goldsmith and Mark Helfrich, like, yeah, like I, Steve and Jack are a better option than them for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who's the. I wanted to say Marlon Brando, but it's it's Tim Brando. Yes. Uh, oh, he, oh, oh. He's very uh, divisive. You don't. I'm, I'm guessing that you don't like him judging by that reaction. He's he's he feels like a caricature. He feels like a caricature of a sports broadcaster to me. I think he's very <laughs> good and knowledgeable. But there's kind of like this, I don't know, there's a we, there's a jocularity, there's a ha-ha piece to it that I know sports isn't life or death, but I don't know. And he's good and it's been around forever, but, and I think it's, I don't, he, yeah, he just, sometimes he come off, comes off as a little too cliched for me, I guess. Is there anybody that you would, like, it don't matter the game, you would say... I'm a, I got to stop and watch this. Like, I think Sean regardless really of the sport. I think Sean. I mean, because the first night of hockey, I forgot <laughs> he was doing it, and I turned in. And I'm like, oh, hello. I'm gonna watch some hockey. Okay. Um. So I think Sean McDonough. I think he's just really good at what he does. I like Herb Street as an analyst. I mean, I. I think he's on, as honest as can be, um, as he can be. He's tried breaking news a couple of times, and that didn't work for him. Um, but I think I think Sean McDonough. I think he's one of the best out there because he can do just a little bit of everything. What about you? I think for me it would be Bob Costas. Like when Bob Costas, because I didn't grow up like when growing up, you Bob Costas was always the guy that was introducing the the game or was the the facilitator of the halftime or or the in in period or whatever yeah. conversation. And when he started doing the MLB games. That became for me much must watch TV because it was like Bob Costas is is, is doing this right. um, because I didn't get that experience. You know, Keith Jackson I can remember doing games. Mm-hmm. Brent Musburger I can remember doing games. Obviously he's still alive, but um, you know I I think for me getting those types of experiences or or, or or stop and watch. And I will still stop and watch when Bob Custis does a baseball game because he still does them for MLB Network. I'm trying to think like football-wise, 
football wise, I, I, I do think you just kind of sort of know if you, you have really the A team or the B team of ESPN, you know, you have a big game. Um, I'm trying to think. I, Sean McDonough really, I, I'd have to agree with you. He's one of the people that I will just stop and listen to because I think he's interesting. I think he doesn't, he, I don't think he does anything outlandish. I don't think he does anything super great, but I just think he's so good. It's, it's always a solid broadcast. Of, of yeah. I was just going to say steady. He's not cheesy. He's not, you know, Mm-hmm. Funny, he just he knows he knows his skill set and does it. And I think as as sports fans, the, what matters even more than the box, and, and we saw this last week in the SEC game without the replay, is is the wherewithal or the tools and bells and whistles that the, that the producer and director have. You know, that's where you can tell the difference. I mean, go back go back to Indiana at the start of last year, right? You know, no pylon cams, those kind of things. It, it's it's the top crews have more toys, and, and and that makes a difference in the broadcast, maybe more so than the announcers do. I agree. I agree. All right. Anything else there? No. Beat that and down. All right. All right. This week's old guy, young guy brought to you by a TikTok slash Instagram trend. I don't know if you've seen this, but it is currently my favorite thing to see. And I want to get your take on this. Not necessarily as old guy, young guy, but as, as as a father. Um, So there is this trend where the youths of America are, texting recording somehow capturing their father's reactions by saying dad the other day i was driving down the road and my windshield wiper fluid light came on and which obviously is is that doesn't come on but and then they they were like yeah it's okay though i got it taken care of i went to the mechanic and he charged me $150. And I think it's like, I, I, I was saying this morning, like I get really annoyed with TikTok trends. I think there's not a lot of good content out there, but the reactions of, of, of fathers freaking out is, is just so pure and so honest. I want to know, Steve, how, if one of your daughters called you and said, dad, I spent $150 on windshield wiper fluid, basically, what would you, what would you say? I would probably give them a profanity laced answer that told them how unintelligent they are. <laughs> and, and that is exactly what happens each time. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I really have been enjoying this trend. I think the other thing that is funny to me about it is like, just the absurdity of like the whole like millennial Gen Z, like not knowing how to handle life um, aspect. So anyways, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask about, are you, uh, do you care where you take your car? Do you have like a mechanic? Do you have a mechanic? I've got a guy. Do you have a guy? I got a couple guys. It depends. It depends on how things are going. And they're both, they're all, they're both local. Like we've always had a local play. Like when we were in Pittsburgh, I could drop the car off and walk like a quarter mile back of the house. If I had to, you know, and get it done during the day. Um, and I just got my truck out of the shop today. Um, it was, what was it? It was a power steering pump, which was not inexpensive. Um, but yeah, both local. Like, I, I mean, there's probably three or four. I mean, I, I tire town for tires because I've known them for, for years and use them. Um, but yeah, I got a couple local guys that I generally trust. And if one guy, like if one guy won't pass me for inspection, I'll just double check and make sure the other guy's not going to pass me too, right? Like, because they're both mm-hmm. small local guys. So what about like, so, you know, you do, you 
new town. I mean, you've been there for a couple of years. Like, how do you figure that out? Yeah, we we still haven't figured that out. And I, I feel like there's been a couple of times I've gotten taken, not necessarily for a ride, but probably charged a little bit less or a little bit more than than, than I could than I could find if I went to because we we tend to just go to like we have a Jiffy Loop right nearby. We have um there's an oil change thing that is similar to Jiffy Lube, but they only do oil. So we kind of just, just tend to go there. Um, but I was thinking about that the other day because I was like, uh, maybe next time I go get the oil chains, I'm going to try to find somebody local that, that, because a lot of the times, you know, they don't make a ton of money off of you when they do an oil change or whatever. Like, other, unlike those other places, to me, it's like, well, you know what? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of sort of struggle with that. Um, in Altoona, like, I, I, when I had, was in high school, like, there was a guy, I had a car car that was a piece of crap, died. Um, basically, it was just a clunker. And But we there was a guy, and he, he wouldn't charge me. Like, he would say, okay, I'm not charging you this time because this is the problem. Like, or you've been here three times in the last month. Like I'm not charging you for the third visit. Cause I know you're going to keep coming back. Yep. Um, so that, that report that. is important. We did that with Sam. Like when she went to Virginia, we had, we had just moved back from basically the same area of Virginia. And we had a couple of friends down there who we didn't have car issues at, but when she was there, I'm like, Hey, who do you know when she has something in where one friend gave us a name of a place and she would go early on and be like, Hey, you know, they're telling me I need to do this at Honda. You know, can you, can you check? And they're like, Oh honey, you can probably get, you know, you probably don't need to do that. Like you could do this and you'll still be fine, you know, or the, you don't need to pay for that whole thing. So I, I, I think that's helpful. Like the place I got it back from today, God bless them. They must think I'm more mechanically inclined than I am. Like they told me like, well, here's the prices for the parts. I know you'd like to do some stuff yourself. I'm like, yeah, I'm not putting in a power steering <laughs> pump. Thank you very much. So you just go ahead and put that in and I'll be down with my credit card later. Um, but it's kind of funny that they think I am that way, right? So that, that makes me feel good that they're probably giving me a reasonably good price. Um, so yeah, and I, and I think that, that there's a lot just for that mind, that peace of mind, no matter who you are, where you are, to know that that thing that you need to usually get to work and, and do everything else, somebody's not raking you over the coals for. So I think it's important. Yeah. All right. Anyways, anything else this week? No, sir. Find a car service cut person. There you go. That's Steve's advice for this week. Oh yeah. Um, I, just, I gotta share this tweet. Uh, it's from from Ankeet. If you know who Ankeet is on Twitter, uh, it's very funny. He just tweeted out a picture of the the forty two Michael Monty helmets and said, "If Penn State is going to wear helmet numbers uh, this weekend against Illinois, they da- better damn well use these." So that was pretty funny. Um, anyways. Uh, this has been another episode of the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Steve, um, we're on all of the podcasting services that you may get your podcast from. Um, please subscribe to us and, and rate us five stars. We really do appreciate it. Um, if you want to email the show, it's Stuff Summer Says Podcast at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is at Stuff Summer Says. Yours is. At Steve Sampson. I, I cannot think of anything else that we missed. Is there nope. anything else we missed? Great okay. weekend. Enjoy the homecoming game. Watch the parade. Go Penn State. Go State. All right. Goodbye.